Hello and welcome to the High Wide and Handsome Podcast episode 8. This episode I talked to Trading Bear, host of the Trading Bear podcast and it was uh, it was very interesting, it was kind of surreal for me talking to someone who I've listened to in my ears for the last 5 or 6 months. Um, we talk about that. A couple of things I just want to address very quickly before I, before I get stuck into it. Um, if any of you follow him on social media you've probably seen that he posted a couple of days ago after we'd actually recorded that after much deliberation he could confirm that sadly the podcast will not be returning. He said some good offers including all those that have said they would be willing to donate via Patreon, subscription, GoFundMe etc. Ultimately due to work commitments he can't devote the time. So yeah just one last sort of thank you um, to the man for, for all the hard work he put in. I didn't quite realise until I talked to him how long it took him and how much um, hard work actually went in but hopefully he can come back in one way shape or form and at a different stage. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of weird whenever you think of it. Maybe I don't want to big it up too much because then the day I'm just a little podcast with a few hundred listeners or whatever. But do you know when I think of it now, this is potentially the last time that we'll hear a trading bear pro- prospect player, hear his voice, and hear the mystery player and stuff. So yeah, I'm honoured to have had him on for that. Um, anything else? Yeah, I told you to fucking leave me reviews, and then I gave out because no one was leaving me fucking reviews, and then I got an email from some podcast review thing that I like I, I signed up to and I it turns out there's like a million different iTunes stores for all the different countries so I only actually can see the ones from the Ireland store I got an email through saying that there was 17 left in the UK on top of the ones that were already there so I just want to say thanks very much lads I, I just wasn't giving you the credit you deserved um I reached out to a few on social media just to thank you for it the ones that I couldn't actually work out what your actual Twitter handle or Facebook thing was or whatever or Slack based on the review handle you left um, I just want to thank you for that, I really do appreciate it and I mean, I don't know how much podcasters normally give away about like how many listeners and plays and shit there are but I was just blown away this week um, you all seem to like share on Twitter and stuff and retweet the, the podcast when it came out which made like an incredible difference to like how many people listened to give you an example, right, this podcast from last week with Foodie Index FPL has 900 plays as it stands right now. The previous high was like 500 before that episode came out. So it's it's not doubled, but it's almost doubled, which is insane. And I put that down to all the retweets and, and good comments I got back. So if you can't go and leave me a review and you can't do anything, if you enjoy the podcast or you enjoy the show, a simple retweet, a little share on Facebook a little shout out somewhere or just tell a mate to listen means a lot and just to just to wrap this up i can promise you september's gonna be huge i've got three people in the works who are big fucking deals great great knowledge and i think a lot of you will be very like incredibly excited to hear from them but don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not getting carried away there will still be normal accounts on from people with normal size portfolios and who are big into football index getting the good mix in but um i suppose for the growth of the podcast and to make it more to, i don't know to aid the longevity of it and so i don't go down the the track that the trading bears unfortunately went down it is important to get the big boys on to grow the to grow the podcast and my, my listening fan base but yeah that took a bit longer than i expected that intro you've probably hit skip 30 seconds like four or five times you've got to this stage and you're like this fucker's still rambling on anyway let's go for it i hope you have a great week and uh again thank you for listening
now we're live with uh, one and only Trading Bear. How are you, Trading Bear? Very well, thank you very much, Irish. Thanks for hosting me, first of all. Oh, no problem. Thanks very much for coming on. It is a bit of a bollocks. I suppose you're used to recording for 10 minutes <laughs> and this is going to take over an hour, so it is a bit of time. Um, first off, we just had a bit of banter about it, but you didn't give me the answer, really. Where does the name Trading Bear come from? So there are two reasons, really. The first reason was, very simply, bears were just my favourite animal. Uh, going to brown bears, I was lucky enough to travel America uh, oh, a few years good. ago now, yeah, and, and saw a brown bear and loved them since. Uh, but before that, when I was really young, I used to play a, a trading game called Pit. Um, it's a card game, uh, and you had to collect certain commodities like certain wheat or barley. And there was a card on there called Bear. And if you had this card at the end of the game, you'd lose 50 points. Oh, so, yeah, so a bit ironically here, like it's actually bad news. Obviously, a bear market means the market's going down in general and bull market. Yeah, yeah. Um, so ironically, I took the name bear rather than bull. But yeah, um, so so no real reason. But that's 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 where trading bear comes from. They always like. Did you where where were you in America when you seen the bear? I was in Yellowstone, Yellowstone National Park, in the west of America. Unreal. Yeah. I did the whole kind of Yosemite bit um, back in 2012, and I remember whenever I was going out for the walk, there's all these signs saying if you see a bear make yourself big and jump up and down <laughs> and i was kind of thinking there is not a mission mate that if i see a bear i'm jumping up and down and attracting his attention do you know what i mean it takes but, a cool um, calm character to do that i think yeah, yeah i'd be screaming like a little girl and run away but um <laughs> you I kinda, I, it's fun because <laughs> whenever whenever i'd seen your name trading bear i suppose i kind of pictured like you know like care bears there's all like cheer bear and friend bear and love a lot bear and i just think of like trading bear sitting in the corner running calculations and like telling the other guys to calm down it's not always <laughs> as good as they think but um look there we go we digress um people i suppose just listen to your podcast and everyone loves it and i suppose whenever you announced kind of that you were thinking of maybe stopping it there was obviously a lot of people reaching out because there's a lot of really dedicated fans out there who do you know my, my commute to work is 10 minutes and you fit into that perfectly and it's kind of actually weird whenever I first heard your voice there, you know, it's like, I've listened to you for so long, uh, well, yeah, say so yeah. long. it might've only been five months or something, but like hearing your voice and talking is kind of strange, but do you want to tell, I suppose what I'm interested to know is get to know a bit more about the man behind the voice. Do you want to tell us a bit maybe about yourself or when you joined the football index and, and stuff like that? Yeah, sure. So uh, my background, I've done a little bit of trading about nine, 10 years ago into the actual stock markets and communities there. Then I, I gave it a break for five, six years before going into cryptocurrency. And I suppose before Football Index, that was my most recent uh, terms in trader experiencing and looking at order books, which we're coming to later, I presume. Uh, and then I joined Football Index in 2018 in August. So been on the platform just over a year now. So that's my, my background in terms of trading and Football Index itself. Very good. And did you have much luck with cryptocurrency? I kind of got a little bit involved with it myself, but... Not heavily, I suppose. Yes, I'm much the same myself, really. I mean, I managed to get, come out with it in the plus figures, which is always good. But I came out of it really because I didn't know enough about the companies itself behind all the technology. And yeah. it wasn't really my expertise and in, uh, in, in my background knowledge that I have. And certainly when I was introduced to Football Index, that, that fitted my my hobbies and my molds much better than uh, crypto did. Yeah, I found a cryptocurrency because like I, I was only really doing it because I wanted money. It wasn't because I had an interest in any of the products particularly. Yeah. Um, I know there's people who do, but it made research and stuff a bit of a chore. Whereas with like the football index for me, it's kind of, 
I'm, I'm listening to podcasts and reading things anyway. Um, so that is the difference, kinda... isn't it? For any football enthusiast or if you played F- FBL, Fancy League, anything like that, you have a natural interest in it already, so you're much more uh, inclined to do the background research into it for sure. Absolutely. Um, so you joined last August. That's probably a decent time to start. Um, how's the last year gone for you? Like most traders, I imagine pretty well. I mean, it's as you said, I, mean, I don't think there's been a bad time to join Football Index, but had you joined around October 2018, I think that's the slight downside. Uh, I'll just bring up the graph actually of my portfolio so I can see. Uh, yeah, you're one of these people who's very, very prepared, probably, and has spreadsheets and the like. <laughs> something I keep meaning to do. Yes, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I mean, purely because uh, I come from an analytical background, and I like to see even trades that uh, I sold ten months, eleven months back. It's just really useful, I think. If if anyone's out there listening to this and not recording their trades, I highly recommend you do. Like, even if it's a very basic spreadsheet, it, it just helps you get better for the future trades, really. Uh, and I'm yeah, I could around. learn from you there. I suppose we're, we're, like the thing that puts me off like Excel spreadsheets is I haven't a notion how to use them because I obviously used to or learned to use them when I was like 14 in school. But my job, I don't use them at all. And now, other than a Word document, I haven't a notion with any of the other Microsoft stuff, even though I have it all. Is there somewhere that people maybe out there who are beginners or who aren't into spreadsheets could that you know of that maybe they could find information on it or? A, an example spreadsheet for football index or anything? I mean, I suppose it'd be rude not to mention my own one, really, wouldn't it? Um, so- oh, absolutely. <laughs> Tee you up. Just tee me up and I just took him up, Irish. Uh, yeah, so if you head over to my website, tradingbearpodcast.com, it's still live, still running. And if you head over to the spreadsheet tab, you can download the, spread- the very spreadsheet that I use myself, actually. Uh, and as I said, it's only a simple spreadsheet. It's designed to be fairly user-friendly. Uh, and if you... Oh, can you click on it now, actually, so you can see it? Let me see. Yeah, I could. Just see if it's still running. Tradingbearpodcast.com, isn't it? Tradingbearpodcast.com, yeah. And perhaps if listeners listen to this want to, a spreadsheet, they can do it live yeah. like we're doing right now. Perfect, yeah. A spreadsheet, there it is. Downloads. I'm going to download it. Jeez, that was quick. Yeah, it's only a small file. Sounds like I'm trying to sell it here. Oh my God, so expeditious. <laughs> so if you use the link, you get 50p off. <laughs> Let me see. Oh yeah, geez, yeah, that's popped up. Oh, pie charts and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No expense spared on these ones, I should tell you. But anyway, so, so, oh, that's... so you can see on there, hopefully, that uh, the basic format. And if you go on the Football Index tab, you'll see it. I'll put in five names there. Like Neymar, Pogba, Messi, Ronaldo, and I'll put Bastuto in there because he was a Channel 4 Italian hero back in the days. Um, but you'll yeah. see co- any columns at the top in red, those are the figures that you need to manually input, and then any columns labelled in black font, those should calculate automatically. Okay, very so good. I'm going to have a... Um, oh my God, yeah. I was kind of just agreeing with you for the sake of the podcast, being like, yeah, yeah, I get that. <laughs> and I was lost sitting staring at these pie charts. But I see at the bottom of the tabs there, That's I was thinking like, geez, there's not as much here as I thought there would be. But no, really, like when you click across, there's a lot there. Um, I'm definitely going to investigate that later. Um, I'm going to save that now. Sorry, we digress. Yeah, it's probably quite yeah, boring yeah, for people yeah, listening. Sorry, no, but um, definitely, if you, if you don't have a spreadsheet, they should go onto your website, tradingbearpodcast.com and have a look because that's actually class. And I say that would save a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, whatever you're using, basically, I would I would highly recommend you use some sort of analysis to see and improve as you go along, to, to see where you're going wrong. 
yeah. they write as well. It's important to look at the good trades you make as well. A lot of people forget about that as they they just tick a trade and think, yeah, I made X amount on that. Fantastic. But but then look back. Why, why did he make X amount of money on that? Why was that a good trade? And look to repeat that as well in the future. Yeah. And find a bit of a trend, I suppose, between the good ones and find a trend yeah, between the bad ones. Yeah. I found... From on a personal level, my bad ones recently, and I, like do you know, I don't claim to be the best trader trader in the world. And I suppose whenever you're one of these people who has a podcast, people assume you're going to be one of these gurus oh, who knows everything and tune in to like, get things. Yeah, my my idea is get people on smarter than me and talk to them. But like where I've been fucking up recently, and it's happened, it's happened, it's happening maybe once a week at this rate. I keep trying to do the fucking someone scores when I'm watching a match, <laughs> flip the player thing, and I keep messing it up. And I, sh- I got burnt with Bentaleb doing it when I first joined, and I'm still getting burnt. <laughs> I keep buying them too late. And I then would estimate the commission's yeah. the killer, and yeah. I'm just like, I've, I've given up on it. I'm not making money at it. Maybe one day I'll revisit. But I mean, it, it, it's something I keep thinking like, I'm the first one to do this because I'm watching the game, but I've probably got a delay on my TV, and then people are at the game, and there's so many other ways people can get in the ahead temptation of you. is massive in those literally flip trades could you see people on index gain or on twitter or whatever uh, platform it may be saying oh yeah i've just made x y amount on this player in 30 seconds and, and everyone's attracted yeah. to that aren't they everyone's attracted to the one minute 50 quid or 500 pound whatever it may be you've just made on that trade and it is a minefield i, I would i can highly recommend not to do that more if I tried. I, I really couldn't. Unless you really know what you're doing. And there's, there are people out there, the 10%, 15%, who make a very good uh, job out of it. And of course, they'll continue doing it. But it's the biggest way to lose your, your account balance, in my opinion. And it's very, very hard to lose your account balance on Football Index. But no, I, I would yeah. stay away with that. Especially when you're a new user. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the thing that scared me, I suppose, the other day, I was watching the United-Chelsea game. And as soon as Rashford banged in the second goal, I, just, I didn't buy, but I looked and his price was actually dropping because everyone was listing thinking his, everyone's going to be buying him now. So his price, as soon as he scored his second goal, when I thought, okay, he's going to get some sort of media out of this, he's got like 2P and IPDs now, I was like, people are going to be buying him. I just went to, wanted to check what the price would do. And he actually went from like 451 or 52 down to like 449 in seconds. So it's kind of like... It's counterintuitive almost. It's not what you'd expect would happen, but not at all. it's just a minefield, especially uh, for beginners. Would, what I would recommend, if someone is thinking about doing that, use a spreadsheet and don't actually buy that player, but let's, let's just put input into your spreadsheet 200 shares of that player. So you're artificially buying them in, in, in sense. You're pretending to buy that player. Then 10 minutes later, sell that player again artificially and see what would have happened. Look at the figures. So that way you're not burning yourself if you do lose uh, 10, 15, 20% of your money. Do that for two or three, maybe even a whole week, just to see what would happen without actually spending your own money. That that makes a lot of sense because what a lot of people do is they try these things with actual money first and get burnt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you could just practice it, well, that's great. That's a. I'm going to do that. I'm not even just saying this to keep you happy. I really am going to try that because <laughs> I keep getting burnt, and it's something I really want to try doing, and I keep messing it up. So. Um, I mean, the, the great thing about Football Index is there's literally an opportunity every single day. Often you'll see the player rise 30, 40, 50p and you think, oh, what on earth didn't I buy into the player? I knew that would happen. You've only got to wait another 24 hours and there would be another opportunity literally right yeah. around the corner. Um, something that's a, kind of, it's a bit of a tangent, but it's just on talking about people's prices shooting up and down with goals and whatever. Uh, as it like, it's been, obviously, it's a long time since last season. Well, it seems like an eternity. It's been two or three months since we've really had competitive football to watch 
Um, I don't remember it being as crazy when someone scores a goal. Um, their price just going mental. Is that something, like, do you remember from last year? Is that something to do with the start of the year? Is it maybe a change in the amount of beginners that are kind of just starting? Like, you had Pulisic there, was it last night even, who had a goal disallowed and shot up massively, and even Mason Mount. Um, like, you're talking huge gains over a goal. I mean, obviously, VAR changed this, doesn't it? Because, I mean, VAR just adds another level of complexity when you're buying these short, short trades. But yeah, to answer your question... Yes, it has increased for the very reasons that you've just said. You've you've got how many, what, 50, 60% more users this, this season now compared to last season. So you've got that extra volatility from the trades from more users there. You've also got the start of the season. Everyone wants a piece of the pie again. You've got limited matches at the moment. So you've only got the EPL and Liga started last weekend. Whereas this weekend, you've got the Bundesliga starting as well. And by the end of August, you have the Liga. Obviously, the Liga starts this weekend as well with Barcelona. Uh, and then you've got Syria joining as well. So by the time you've got all five PB leagues up and running, I think you'll see it only increase, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it maybe won't be just as volatile with a goal because there'll be so many different players scoring goals left, right and centre that people will be... Yeah. Whereas now yeah. it's like whenever there's one or two games on a Friday evening, or even like last night, there's one game on TV, even though there's no PB up for grabs. It's a TV game, isn't it? I mean, the more the more coverage it gets, say, a, a big EPL match on a Sunday 4pm slot, that's going to get a lot more action than a 3pm bottom of the league clash yeah. between um, Mets and Nice and Liga, for example. Yeah. Uh, tell me this, do you have like a, like, I, don't, I suppose in your podcast you haven't really went into, unless it was in the earlier episodes, about your kind of strategy. Do you have a rough strategy or do you kind of diversify and play it a lot of different ways or would you have a kind of a way you go about things? I think it's important to have your base strategy for sure. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But also equally, like you just touched on there, be open to new ideas. I, th- I think it's a very good idea that to talk to people regularly, or even if it's a small group, three to four people, be it WhatsApp or Twitter or Index Game or anything or the forum, and talk to people that have a different strategy to you and have a different way of trading. I think it's you can get so locked down on your way of trading, speaking to like-minded people that you can almost become convinced that when a trade goes wrong, it's something to do with the market as opposed to what you've personally done wrong. Yeah. And ha- having someone to feedback who's got a completely different view will help you tenfold. It really, really will. Uh, in terms of my own personal strategy, though, I would look to, I actually have a very small portfolio in t- number of player, actual players I have. I tend to stick between 20 and 30 players. Um, I would never have more than 10% in a player. Um, otherwise, you, you're you just risking too much, really, if that player gets injured or for whatever reason his price plummets, you're exposing yourself too much. I would then have about two or three premium long-term holds, which I would hold for on a four, five, six-month basis and look to basically just leave and accumulate the CA or the dividends over time. And then the majority of my players would be a three- to four-week hold where I would look at the fixtures Look for a quality player, someone like. Um, well, uh, for, I'll give you an example of a long-term hold for me is Kai Havats. Just proven yeah. quality. Uh, he's obviously had a massive rise in the last week or two, but you're, you're buying proven quality. He's got the Euros at the end of the season. He's one of one of, if not the best, alongside Jaden Sancho, perhaps youngsters in the world based on actual ability as opposed to FI ability. Yeah, and he's just a safe hold. Then you're looking at the three to four week holds. Um, who have I got in my portfolio at the moment? Let me just have a look. Uh, so someone like, uh, 
we've got here. Someone like Kostic, for example, Philip Kostic at Frankfurt. He's got the Europa League. Obviously, he scored and assisted the other week in, just in the qualifying basis there. He's then got a few upcoming good fixtures for Frankfurt. With the Europa League, he also plays on the Sunday as well. So he's he's got less matches to compete against. And he's priced kind of roughly in, in the £1 to £1.50 mark, which I do most of my shopping around there. Yeah. And then on the back place of those three, four weeks, I then have two or three punts. And they are literally punts. So players <laughs> that I would... I would think have a, have a good chance of a rapid rise, and equally they they could go down either way. Um, an example: of this is um, Ekintia, who are Leeds have just on loan from Arsenal. Who is? Oh, and, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Ekintia, yeah, uh, the striker from Arsenal. Yeah, uh, he scored against Salford the other day in the Carabao Cup, uh, and and he could bomb at Leeds. Who knows? Um, but if he does do well, he's at a, a well supported club, at a club looking to be promoted. And he's got the uh, comparisons to someone like um, Tammy Abraham, for example, last year who ripped it up for Villa. Yeah, uh, now getting a lot of attention at Chelsea. So, so someone like that who's who's high risk, perhaps, but also high reward. Yeah, well, that's good as well because that that kind of keeps it exciting as well. The the punt hmm. aspect because I find like I'm I'm not actually much different than yourself. And my portfolio is probably only. 20, what have I got at the minute? I think I was as high as about 35 at one stage. What have I got now? I've got 25 players. And I'd say in the top five of them, top six of them are probably about 50% of my portfolio. And then the rest of them are kind of, do you know, those guys who, a lot of PB guys, because I the way I play it, I kind of want to be watching the players and I want to be following the like match day rankings and, I kind of do it for the excitement aspect as much as I do oh, to make money. I, I, um, I mean, that, that was the unique selling point of the USP, the, the whole whole product of Football Index for me, was the PB. Uh, that, as you just touched upon there, that, that is the excitement of watching your player rise up and down the rankings on, on the PB score points. And even though they didn't increase the PB dividends uh, in, in actual terms, the other, the other announcement, they did in the way that the fact they're now including the international games. And I think people are just starting to cotton on to that now that there's going to be less MB days due to the international, but more IPD days and more PB days because of that. Yeah. And I think that's good news. Absolutely. Um, it's, I love the, the PB just really excites me. And like, I've I got a bunch of them earlier in the summer, which is great. And I just don't really want to sell them now that matches are starting, even though I've got a lot of profit, but you know, like I could oh, definitely I, I, cash I, I, out and move on, but, it's kind of just getting exciting to have them, but there's also oh, yeah, a few yeah, yeah. of those like punts I have at the bottom or players who've kind of are a bit injured and their price is maybe 30, 40% off their, their previous um, max. And it's like, I know there's guaranteed money there, but it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of want the excitement oh. of the, the PB lads, but um, of the PB. Yeah. 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 Oh, 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 what I often do in a situation like that is to sell half of the player. So yeah. let's say for example, I had a hundred shares in, I'll just name, use Neymar's name. Let's say I had 100 shares in Neymar. I wasn't too sure whether he's going to perform or not, but I still wanted the excitement of the PB. Then I would sell 50 on a Friday, so before the match started. So I'd still lock in that profit, but I'd still have that 50 just in case he did explode or or purely just to watch the PB element, as you just said there. So you're still you're hedging your bets, so to speak. You're not, yeah. you're not all putting your eggs in one basket. You've still got your the, the bit of excitement there. Um, yeah. But maybe you're just not quite as you see. I often think I'd like I should probably skim a bit off the top of the big boys, but then I just like having them so much because at the minute they've just been rising so much. But anyway, I digress into boring shit. 
Um, no, I, think, I think it's important. I think yeah. diversification is is really important to, to ha- as I said, to have whatever you see fit, say 15, 20% of your portfolio in the premium, in the, in the real top premium players, in those pure players that, in order to have that backbone. Because it's never, yeah. it's always, always going to go in cycles. You're never going to have premium players constantly rising week after week after week. They're going to take their dips like you've seen in Pogba and yeah. over the summer. I wonder what's kind of causing the recent one because I've had the likes of Sterling and Sancho and who else have I got up there? Kane and all who've been going up quite su- substantially in the last week or two. I don't know, is it the start of the season and new users coming on and wanting their the big players they know or what it is? But um, I mean, it's not that they were stagnant, but they've really boomed for me anyway in the last week or two. Yeah, I mean, with respect to the rises in Havat, Sancho and Mbappe. Yeah, Mbappe's the other those, one. What do all three of those players have in common? They've got proven quality. They're young. More importantly, that's that's the main cycle at the moment. They're youth, and they've got the Euros to at, at the end of it, and and they're proven quality as a, as I keep banging on about. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's I mean Sancho in particular, he's got a lot of hype, and rightfully so around him because he's backed it up with with the performances on the pitch. Now, whether he can do it a second season at the same level, or even improve, obviously time will tell on that. But he certainly looks the real the real deal. He looks that way, and I think I think the thing with him as well is there's the the chances of the Premier League transfer as well as the Euros as well as everything else that kind of keeps him so high because he's what he's almost like he was people are touting him as the next king of the index he's way up there at the minute but um like yeah and that's the beauty of Hervats and Sancho being at a Leverkusen or a Dortmund they're at good clubs but they're not at a top top club I mean you only have to look at Luka Jovic for example of that where he's his price was silly, really. His, his price was sky high last season, all the while, all the while. Then he moved to Madrid. And now why would you buy him? He, he's got nowhere to f- go rather than fall down. He, he's not a PB player. He's, he's purely IBD. Now, yeah. I even read the other day, there's talk of him going out on loan already. I, I, don't, I don't think that's true. But it's... Yeah, apparently he's not getting on particularly well with ZZ. No, yeah, I, I saw that. But I mean... You're looking for those players that have yet to reach a milestone. And I think you'll see that now with Mason Mount, for example, the goal. You'll see another rise when he scores his first senior goal for Chelsea. You'll see another rise when he gets into the England squad, if and when he does, obviously. If he continues to perform, you'll see that rise continue to continue, continue to build. And it's all about hitting those milestones. Yeah. Um, it's the same with the likes of Brewster and Greenwood. I think they're, yeah. not, I wouldn't, I, I won't say their bubble has somewhat burst. It hasn't, but there was a lot of hype over them for a week or two over the summer there. But now it seems to have maybe slowed up a little bit. Am I right there? Oh, completely true. I, I think you've got to read these and know when your in, entry and exit points are. I mean, I bought Brewster end of May. It was, I mean, it was so obvious that he was going to get those early minutes in any goal in preseason matches, especially playing the easier matches that the, the very first two or three fixes that Liverpool have. Salah was away, Manny was away, Firmino was away in the Copa America and the AFCON, respectively. And it was such an obvious trade to me. That yeah, yeah. Get out after the first game or two. You know he's not going to start um, once all those three key players are back, but there was easy money to be made on on, on those and uh, on Bruce and Greenwood. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's kind of knowing when you're going to get in and out and, and realising why you're holding the player if, if, start, if shit starts hitting the fan and he maybe drops by 10p. Kind of realizing, like, okay, I bought this guy to wait till preseason. Do you know, it's having that patience. Um, oh yeah, I, mean, I sometimes uh, don't have that patience. Uh, you're along with ninety nine percent of traders, myself included, at times. I mean, if uh, patience is the biggest attribute to be had on the market, uh, it's often said, but it is so true. 
but as long as you don't overdo that patience, I think some traders overdo that and think, oh, I'll hold this player, I'll hold this player, he'll come back over time. But as long yeah. as you have a, a sound reason as to, as to why you think that player will come back over time, then, yeah, by all means, patience is, is the best attribute to have. Absolutely. Let me see. A big question, right? We'll just get stuck into it. Do you miss the podcasting and have you any update on whether it will or won't be back or what the situation is around it? I'm sure a lot of people are eager to know. Yeah, so certainly to to get straight in, yes, I do, I do miss it. Um, I originally created it because I saw a gap in my my opinion where I love listening to Fig and I still do and I love listening to your show as well. Um, but for myself, I, I wanted that 10, 15 minute show. Uh, I think the hour format is great. But there wasn't a quick 10, 15 minute update. And I used to listen for cryptocurrency purposes, uh, a podcast called Crypto Bobby. And I thought he did a really good job of just giving a 15, 20 minute update as to what happened in the market the previous 24 hours and to reasons why that might have happened. So that was the reason I originally created the show. As to whether it will return in the future, um, I would never say no. Uh, I would say at this stage, it's looking to be honest, 80-20 in favour of the show permanently stopping. So 80% of the show not returning, 20% it does. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really say too much more at this stage, but I, I would say, yeah, if you urge on the fact that, that it won't be returning sadly at this stage, but but never say never. Yeah, and i seen you put up and you were, you were looking maybe at a subscription type model or something, and what did you make of the feedback from that? Yeah, I mean, the feedback's been great. First and foremost, before I talk about that, I'd just like to say thank you very much to everyone that's listened to the show and also everyone that's that said, oh, I've really enjoyed the show or thank you for the show or uh, it's great listening to it on the journey and stuff. That, that, that generally does mean a lot to myself and uh, you know yourself as well. When you get a comment like that, it says, oh, brilliant, yeah. But it gets you through another episode, really. Definitely. So first and foremost, thank you to everyone for all the feedback. Also, the feedback on the subscriptions and the various different avenues I've been looking at. Um, it's pretty much as I was expected, if, if not a, a little bit better. Um, it's Again, subscription is not something I've completely ruled out in the future. I'm inclined not to do it personally because if, if I was a listener, you want to always try and keep these things free if you can. Yeah, But certainly the show couldn't return without some sort of uh, advertisement or sponsorship or some sort of financial model that that much is clear yeah yeah you see like well, i suppose we can kind of bounce off each other on this like my, my take on the podcasty bit is and it's no secret to everyone like i'm sure everyone is aware how much time that i'm putting into this show and how much time you're putting into yours and fig puts into his figs at the stage where now he's getting sponsorships and can get money out of it and that that makes it a lot easier because like even today my girlfriend's off and which we wanted to go out and walk the dog and stuff and i have rugby training later and you know this is a two two hours out of my day plus the hour maybe prepping for it and then afterwards i'll probably have to go through the audio make sure it's all right for a couple of hours it's it's almost like a day of work to an extent and that's just i don't know yeah. how long the 10 minute episodes take you It'll probably take you if, can you hear the ice cream van in the background <laughs> i can't know but no no what <laughs> just in case people do geez lads i might have to pause here and go and get a screwball or something but jesus um it's shit weather over here as well like the man's off his game he's no business around here like anyway um but yeah what i was saying is like my kind of vision for my podcast going forward is i kind of have it in my head and i'm gonna have to plug away for at least a year in my head that's kind of the figure at least next june probably closer to christmas 2020 before i can I'd have enough listeners 
to be able to actually make some money out of this and add a little sort of sponsorship element into it or advertisement. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, but, if you look at some of the biggest podcasts in the world, I mean, those that regularly get 10,000 plus downloads in every single episode or even more, often the interviews with those podcast hosts would be like, yeah, we, we did it for two, three years, getting 100, literally 100 or 200 listeners per episode. And it is, I, I don't think people realize, I, I certainly don't, at least, how much of a grind it, has, it does have to be for a year or two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean to answer your question, for each ten minute show, it was taking me approximately about three hours to do two hours in research and I hundred percent script my show uh, yeah. in order to for the clarity of the information. Um, so it was taking two hours to do the research and script for that, uh, and then another thirty minutes to record, and then another thirty forty minutes to edit out um, all the unwanted noise or or unsectioned bits, ice cream vans and stuff, ice cream vans, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. barking <laughs> dogs, that sort of yeah. Thing. Um, but yeah, when you're coming home, uh, um, I, I presume you have a full-time job. Certainly I do. I'm, I'm a teacher. So coming home from uh, a day of teenagers, at the end of the day, you, you cook your dinner, uh, you say hello to your wife. And by that time that's expired, you've got three hours to do the show. And it's before you know it, you're in bed. And to yeah. do that on a constant cycle, it, it does take a lot out of you. And ultimately time is the reason why, why I've stopped it. Yeah. For the moment. Cause I'd say a lot of people kind of think, and I would have, if had I not done my own podcast i'd have been like for fuck's sake it's only like 10 minutes three times a week or something a few times a week like i yeah, mean yeah geez yeah. it's not like it's that big a deal mate you know you don't really need money for this but it's like it's like everyone at home put yourself in trading bare shoes like you're, you're home from your long day's work you might have football training you might have to go to dinner with the in-laws you might have this you might have that and you come home and there's champions league games on and you're going in to plug away for two or three hours to stick out a podcast that a few hundred people might listen to and you're getting nothing really in return for other than feedback, which is why I always ask for feedback and stuff because like that that that's really what keeps me motivated and going. Like a lot of people would send me a wee direct message and stuff saying like I really like I'm enjoying the show and stuff. Oh, and it's yeah. those yeah. little things, like it's actually surprising how how important they are because when you're not getting paid for it, just getting something back from your your work is it, it really keeps you keeps me going like do you know oh massive massively so i mean i i, I think i recorded up to 65 episodes and I, I would say around about episode 30 so about halfway through it started going for myself really enjoying it as a pure hobby to oh i've got to do another one of these tonight or i must make sure i do one of those tonight i, I certainly wouldn't say grinds but it turned into a job as opposed to a, a natural hobby yeah and certainly whenever i got an email or a, a twitter message saying oh you're doing a great job. Keep it up. That that would definitely give you energy for that week. Saying, "Oh yeah, this is why you do it." Because the listeners do appreciate it. And so, so, by all means, yeah. If anyone's listened to this and and think that Iris does a great job, which I personally think he does, please do send him a message of support and say, "Yeah, keep up the great work." Because it definitely does keep keep it people myself and Iris going. So. Thank you. Like yeah, it does. And I think I'm kind of going away. You ask people for reviews and people don't know where to leave them, and it, they just don't do it. And I'm kind of sick of asking for. I'm just going to like if people leave reviews, they leave them. But something I did ask for recently, this is just, we're kind of talking more about podcasting here in the Football Index, but I think <laughs> some people might want to know a bit, bit behind the scenes as such. But like, I put up the the latest episode last week's with um, Footy Index FPL there, which was a great episode, got a lot of great feedback, like really overwhelmed almost by the response. But like, all I did was I asked when I put it out, saying, like, if you've enjoyed the podcast so far, maybe just give me a share or a retweet. And that was just a little sentence I put into the tweet, but maybe about 10 people shared it or something and if i like 
I can't explain how happy it's made me just looking at like the graphs yeah, yeah, yeah. of my analytics in the last week. Honestly, like the first two days that podcast was out had more listens. They had like almost like 60% more listens than the previous high on both days. Does that make sense? I'll just put yeah, the numbers yeah. out there. Like my yeah. previous high on the first day was like 275 listens. Yeah. On Monday and Tuesday of this week, um, I had like 450 lessons on each day and it was kind of like, holy fuck, like people just retweeting this really does make the big difference. And oh, that's, massive difference, it's yeah. given me yeah. like huge motivation now because I'm kind of like, maybe it isn't unrealistic for me to, to make this into one of those podcasts that has thousands of listeners. I'm obviously doing something right. But if you're, if, if you're getting nothing but white noise back, it's just kind of like disheartening. But, um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So bottom line is, listeners, please give the feedback. It keeps him going. It definitely keeps us going. For sure. Yeah, that was a nice unscripted little, you know, call for like, <laughs> you know, interaction, a little plug. They they think I didn't mean it. That's they they don't think I, that I meant it. But um, anyway, yeah. So so I suppose it's it's wait and see on the podcast front. Is there anything that anyone can do to to help you make your decision, or is it kind of look? It's it's been done. You just need to sit and think of it now. Is or is there anything you want? Yeah, certainly. To do? Um, if anyone out there knows a multimillionaire who would like to sponsor, <laughs> please get in contact. <laughs> you mu- you no, must no. have a number in your head though, because I suppose it's opportunity costs and stuff. You could probably be doing tutoring and stuff on the side um, with the teaching. Yeah, and that's just it. It is the opportunity cost. I, I mean, of course, yeah, I do have a figure in my head. I, I don't want to make that public for, yeah, for obvious reasons. Obviously. But, um, but yeah, it is the opportunity costs. I mean, it's it it. it Ultimately, I think one of your questions on Twitter said, what was the benefits and um, the drawbacks of doing the podcast? I think it was... Um, Let me yeah, see, I have it here. We were going to get on to, but we may as well knock it out now. Um, FIFPL addict asked, shame the trading pod not still going, but understand how but understand how much did you benefit or suffer on your FI trading from doing the podcast? Yeah, so, I mean, to talk about the suffering bit first, I mean, as I touched upon earlier, each 10-minute episode was taking me two, three hours to produce. And that opportunity cost of doing the show, I was often researching a player for the, the prospect player or the Q&A rather than watching the Champions League match that night uh, That night for a player that I myself would want to buy for my own portfolio. So I was, I was neglecting my own portfolio for the sake of the podcast. And from a very selfish point of view, it was it was having a, it was definitely having a clear negative impact uh, upon my portfolio. So if I'm not getting financially rewarded from the podcast, it, it just makes no sense to continue with it because I'm losing money out from my own portfolio in doing that both time-wise and financially. Yeah. Uh, and just to touch upon the benefit there, of course, doing that research is, I was doing research on players that perhaps I, I wouldn't have done. Um, an example of this is Danny Sabalius, who yeah. features on the show. He was 94p at the time I featured him as a prospect player. And I picked him up largely due to the fact he was a list of, of named players that Madrid were looking to offload during the summer. And then after further research, you discover that he scored eight and 29 for Spanish under-21s. And obviously the under-21s happened over the summer, which Spain beat Germany in the final. Uh, so it encouraged me to do further research on players that I ne- perhaps wasn't necessarily looking into. So so that is the benefits of it, of course. Yeah. Um, and I suppose we've obviously discussed the, where you suffered. Um, but yeah, look, I suppose we, we can, we've, we've covered that. But um, yeah, I just hope it comes back one day and... Uh, you can get a bit of money out of it and whatever, but Thank unfortunately you, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. unlikely without plugging away for another six months or a year without any sort of reward, which is the hard bit. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah. And I'm under no, no illusions. You don't want to do it for a week and then expect 
two million pounds after after a couple of weeks but it's it's with the start again myself being a teacher with the start of the new term in september it, it really has to go one way or the other in the next week or two but certainly yeah. i'll keep everyone updated on twitter good stuff um let me see what's next we i was talking obviously in the last couple of episodes we've kind of went through risers and fallers of the last week but mm. people may or may not be aware by now that we're recording this on a thursday this will be out on monday so there's no real point in us doing that because it'll be kind of old information by the time this yeah, podcast sure. comes out. But I think what we could do maybe is just talk about a few of the bigger stories, um, transfer-wise and stuff. Uh, the big one, the, the huge one, do you think Neymar will go anywhere? Um, do you think he's definitely going to go or do you think there's there's a bit more left than that yet? He could be gone by the time people hear this. Yeah, yeah. Um, my gut instinct is that, yes, he will go. I, I just think there's just too much baggage now at PSG. And when you had the... My uh, the tipping point for me thinking that was when Leonardo, the PSG director, came out and said, "Yes, he can go if the terms are right." Uh, and the director of the club doesn't say, "Yes, he can go," if there's no if if there's a chance of keeping him, basically. So I mean, obviously the big moves are Barcelona, Real Madrid. It, it, it seems an obvious move that for him to go to back to Barcelona and Coutinho to go to PSG, but any swap deals, especially with um, high-profile players take weeks and months to sort out still a couple of weeks left obviously for the windows for the spanish window epl's window shut obviously but i i think yes i i do think neymar will have left psg by the end of august yeah if i'm gonna stick my neck out yeah yeah i'd say i'd put my neck out there too i think there's just as you say like punch, was he punch a fan wasn't it and like all the other stuff he's done that's just ridiculous and yeah i just think it's time for him to move on he's made it very clear and i don't think like keeping him there, he's going to leave in six months or a year anyway. So it's kind of like, what are you really keeping him there for? He's surely toxic in the dressing room. But um, the interesting bit for me is the, the, the implications of if and when he does go. Um, if Coutinho was to go the other way, do you think that would be good for Coutinho? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, currently looking at the price now, Neymar's now £7.04 and Coutinho, if I just search him up, he was £2 something. Uh, when I looked at it yesterday, so he's two pound two now. Yeah. Do I think his price will go up if he goes to PSG, or do I think it will go down? I think it will stay pretty much similar. Uh, I think Mbappe would obviously be the the main man then at PSG, and you're looking at someone like uh, Pablo Sarabia, who's one pound sixty seven odd. There's a a more direct comparison in terms of sitting deeper. I think he'd share set pieces, so he wouldn't be on all the set pieces. He'd get the odd goal. He wouldn't get much MB at all. So, yeah, I think for a sensible price for Coutinho at PSG, I think you're looking around about the £1.80, £1.90 mark. So not too much movement either way, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. I think people might get a bit excited and think he's going to win more dividends or be a bit more of a presence there than he is at Barcelona. But I think realistically, long term, I mean, that's Mbappe's team now. And yeah, I mean, Sarabia is a player that I'm very interested in and that I kind of went in on a few days ago whenever this Neymar thing really ramped up because it's just, and I've seen he got a start um, in some, what was it? I don't know if it was a friendly or what it was, some cup game, but yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I just think the only way has, I think he, the only way is up such a fucking football index cliche that everyone hates. It's not that the only way is up, there's a lot of risks involved, but I feel even when, if Coutinho came the other way, it's going to take a little time from the settle and stuff, yeah. and Sarabia should get a game. That that's just my thinking. I'm a Champions League coming up and all. Oh yeah, oh, I think yeah, it could be good for yeah. Sarabia the the transfer. Uh, yeah, could well be. Uh, but I think with Coutinho, he is one of those players that if he did go to PSG, he 
he is a player that you could afford to sit and wait to see how they do. It's the same with uh, the Celso actually at Spurs. He's a player that now he's for me at his right right price. He's someone you can monitor to see whether he is worth investing on or not. And you're not going to miss out on massive spikes unless he goes on to obviously score a brace in his debut or something. But yeah, something stupid. Yeah, I think you can afford to wait and see on those two players. I I would agree on that. I don't think there'll be any mad spikes soon, but we could be wrong. On Monday, Coutinho could be four quid. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah by all means. Yeah. Rennie Adelaide. Yeah. Uh, that's how you said, isn't it? Rennie Adelaide. He's up 70% in the last five days. That's from last Sunday. Uh, all due down to the move. or It's all but confirmed. I've, I've heard it's confirmed. I've heard people saying that it was confirmed too early by one of these apps. I don't know if it was SofaScore or um, what's that other one? Just Transfer app I have here or FootMob or whatever. Is it 100% confirmed that he's going to Leon? I would say it's 99%. I mean, it hasn't gone, it certainly transfer as of time of speaking, hasn't gone through and we haven't had the, the holding up the t-shirt on the main website, but it's 99% gone through, hasn't it? Yeah, he's, uh, 23 million, I think, yeah. is the fee associated with him with a possible two and a half million add-ons. Uh, a, a lot of talk, a lot of hype around him. Um, I, I haven't seen much of him when he was at Anguilla last season. Uh, but all, by all reports, a, a very good player and one to look. But any value in him for, for, for my money is gone for time being. Yeah, he's 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 seventy percent up in the last five days. That says it all. He's really really increased. Um, but yeah, very exciting player. I think he'll be. I mean, I suppose Arsenal just have so many young exciting players at the minute. They can kind of afford to maybe give one up um, with the likes of Reese Nelson and and Kedia and who else have they got? There's big Maitland Niles. And Willock, Willock's the big one that was kind of the elephant in the room there. Um, yeah, they've just so many of them, don't they? And yeah, uh, and there's and so much going forward that they probably don't need them all. Yeah, and, and they also tend to negotiate um, sell-on clauses or buyback clauses. These big clubs these days, and, and Arsenal, I do think they have a twenty percent sell-on clause uh, on Adelaide, so they're not totally missing out. And but I think I read somewhere as well that Adelaide may not be playing as an attacking midfielder. He may be playing more box-to-box or even as a, as a holding midfielder, stringing the play there, uh, much like a Perlo would, for example, or used to. So whether or not he, yeah. he's in that Fakir, Nabil Fakir role that played for Leon last season, again, I think we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, who's next? John McGinn's up 30% after his goal and great performance at the weekend. He's a cracking player. Like <laughs> I like him. He's a superb player. Yeah, uh, no, I I, I I agree. I'm I'm a Norwich supporter for those that, that don't know, and so I watched a watch uh, watched a lot of Championship football last season. And McGinn, there's obviously a lot of talk around Grealish, and yeah, he's a good player. But McGinn was often overlooked because of Grealish, uh, and I think because of his goal this season, now traders are aware of him, and I think technically he's a very good player. I mean, even reports that uh, Manchester United were scouting him at that match uh, for January transfer window. No um, but yeah, very good player. Here, Man United yeah, not scouting. <laughs> <Didn't know. laughs> well, well, that's the other thing. I mean, <laughs> certainly during the transfer window, they were linked with uh, even the ice cream. Man, <laughs> the driver there, yeah. Um, speaking <laughs> yeah. of Man United, Harry Maguire's up twenty seven percent. These are all over the last five days have popped in. Um, yeah. I think that's done his clean sheet and his performance and the fact that he was very high in media rankings. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's a, a good price. I, I bought into him over the summer um, uh, and actually sold him actually on the on the transfer deadline day once his move to United was confirmed, thinking that he wouldn't hold his media after that. But uh, I've been proved wrong on there. He's, he's a, continued to track the, the media and uh, the obvious comparison is Virgil van Dijk. 
uh, and the media that he attracts, yeah. um, even despite Salah being at the club. And I think you could say the same about Maguire now, even despite the Pogba and Rashford being there. I think he'll get his column inches. Get his fair share. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I think anything south of £3 is, is still a good price for him. And obviously, he's, he's got England as well in the Euros. And he's got the first goal uh, rise to come as well. And I, I think if you look at his yield, he's around about 15 20% uh, looking at index gain. So, yeah. I think he's sensibly priced and, and a solid. I think buy. I'm, I think I'm almost sold on him now. I've kind of been steering <laughs> clear, but um, I, mean, I don't I do actually like have him. I just don't actually have him for for clarity. But I, I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't think uh, I don't think he's a bad buy by any means. Yeah. Um. Who else is there? Yao Felix is up eighty two p by twenty one percent. Um. He's up about four sixty four now. His surprise has really, uh, sorry, his rise has really caught me by surprise. I must admit when when. During the whole hype and last season, obviously his price was rising for the for the moves that he might move to Real Madrid or United possibly, and, and that was the reason for his high price. Upon moving to Atletico, I thought his price would not plummet, but certainly reduce a bit, and he'd, he'd hover around about the two fifty three pound mark. Bearing in mind that Simeone's side traditionally is not great for PB, and they certainly they struggled football index wise last season. Look, the likes of Kanté yeah. and Saul and uh, players like that. But they've spent a lot of money uh, Atletico this year and transferred their squad a lot. They bought the likes of Trippier and obviously Wow Felix and uh, a player that I think might do well this season is Thomas Lemaire, the French twenty-three-year-old. Uh, I think he is now. Uh, I looked at him the other day; he was ninety-seven p. And I think he. I keep an eye on their squad in general. I think they're going to have a very good season in Atletico, and Simeone's obviously been tasked with making them more more attractive. In their pre-season, they've won seven out of seven, including that that mauling over Real Madrid where they won seven three. Yeah, it was mental. Um, beat Juventus two one as well, so it's not like they're they've been playing these mini mouse teams. So yeah, a side to watch. And Wow, Felix has obviously done well on the back of that on of scoring goals and assists in those high profile uh, pre-season matches. Yeah, and Atletico do have a proven track record of of making or uh, producing really really exciting young talent. So. I mean, these players they're signing and they're up and comers. Like, it's like you know, there's those clubs out there that you just kind of trust that their, their players are going to be good, like Benfica and stuff. Mm. They're just such a good record of producing absolute world beaters. I think it's a very um, smart Monaco, move as well. He, he's obviously got good advisors and obviously got his head screwed in well, Felix, because he could have waited out for the Barcelona move or the Madrid move. But you, you look at the circus around Madrid now. I mean, I mentioned Jovic earlier. I mean, for a 60 million buy to almost be told by some papers that oh wait a minute we don't actually want you you can go out on loan whereas at Atletico he is the star player he is he is the poster boy so to speak and and I think he'll go on to prove to to be just that and I think he'll have a very good season at Atletico yeah um me too I think he's he's a cracking player and he really announced himself with that hat trick didn't he under the the European scene. It didn't harm, did it? Um, just just as he was no. going full on hope mode, he scored that hat trick in the in, exactly. In the, uh... And I was I was kind of weary of that at the time. I thought he was kind of overpriced because of one cracking performance in the the Champions League. But obviously, there's a bit more to it than that. At this stage, we, we're well aware of it. No, certainly. I mean, if you're going to buy youngsters, you're going to look at those who clearly do have the talent. As I said, the the Havatas, the Felixes, the Sanchez, the, the the players that have proven it not just in one or two matches in the League Cup or an FA Cup match. But over over a season or half a season at least, and, and certainly he is he is one that's proven that. 
Yeah. There's a few others there who've kind of like decent rises in the last week, all over 10%. I'll rattle through a few of the names. We could talk about these forever, but if there's any of them you want to talk about or jump out at you or you think are particularly interesting, go for it. Well, I'll tell but you the what, other risers. If you, yeah? if you go through them, I'll give them a, a one word answer, yes or no, as to if I think they're value or not. Okay, right. We'll go for that. Um, <laughs> Victor Osherman, um, he's at 140 now, 45% rise. Uh, yes. Yeah, the little striker, yes. Yeah. Uh, Erling Bright Halland, uh, 26% up uh, to 178. Massive rise recently, but again, another player that I really like, and I think his price will go up, so yes. Paco Alcacer, Alcacer uh, 143 up 20%. Alcacer at Dortmund, uh, he's a no for me. He, he's just too much of a IBD player, and I don't think he's going to get game time, so no. There we go. The first no of the day. Robert Lewandowski, 127 He's actually cheaper than Paco Alcacer. <laughs> yeah, There's something for you. This is where it gets crazy when you start comparing like for like prices, which I, I just think you can't do. It's almost yeah, a, a, a pointless exercise comparing price for price because you'll drive yourself crazy. One pound yeah. twenty or hovering over one pound twenty for Lever. Um, one twenty-seven. One twenty-seven. I think it's a little bit high for him now. I think if you got him a couple of weeks ago, at the one pound mark or the one pound ten, I would have said yes. So if you have him now stay stay with him if not then no i wouldn't buy him no not a 127 yeah he's just he's getting on a bit isn't he yeah. but he's a yeah. crack on player oh, like yeah, uh mason mount 288 yes because i think he, even though he's risen a lot recently i think he's got those milestones to come as i touched upon previously so the first yeah we touched on that so yes i think there is value there kyle walker peters 120 no uh, I, I personally don't like buying defenders unless they're assured of something else so the likes of maguire van dyke and Kimmich, who's just an absolute PB beast. Outside of that, then I think anything for a defender north of £1 under the current system, I think it just isn't worth it, the opportunity cost. So, no. Okay. 128, Marcelo Brozovic. Um, a, funny, a player that this time last year I would have said yes, but without goals, I'm going to say no. Oh, another no. Yeah. Uh, people at home who have them are going to be like, oh, shit, I've got them. <laughs> Do I sell it or not? You're getting DMs everywhere from the beginners. <laughs> the um, only reason I say no on Brozovic is because Inter have bought um, uh, Sensei, sorry, Sensei, who, uh, who they bought. And I, I think he does the same job, but a little bit further field. And Sensei is the buy for me for Inter rather than Brozovic. Okay. Um, we've only got a couple more here. Uh, Pierre, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, do you know what that's actually not that hard a name to say just call, just call him Pierre Emmerich yeah. on my way <laughs> try and say it fast at home guys it's not easy um, anyway P P-E-A um, he's up to 204 yeah I mean obviously he's up there because he scored a goal against Newcastle's last weekend and with with few matches he's in he's in traders minds again he's another player that's awful for PB um, very good in real life I like him a lot in real life as a player but for football index purposes, again, nor for two pounds, it's a no. No for me. Marcus Rashford, 464. He's perhaps the most interesting name amongst those lists because if you say £4.64 to me, my immediate thought is, well, way too high. But I think if he takes up his mantle, certainly if he stays on penalty takers, I, I know he said on the Match of the Day interview, he said that four or five of them could take it and Pogba might take the next one. But without with United not buying another striker, I think he's the main man up front now. And I think, yes, I think if you're patient with him, he's a patient yes for me. Yeah, I bought him not long. Um, I bought him, I think, the day, day or two after. Whenever there was a little bit of a dip, I think. I kind of I got him recently within the last week. I didn't buy him just on his, his high after the goals or whatever, but 
Um, he's rose a little bit since because I was looking at him for a while and kind of gutted at myself. I was really looking at him when he was about 320 or something, thinking like, Jesus Christ, this guy's young, English, Manchester United forward. Going forward him. Yeah, yeah. Like, essentially, he has got everything going for him. And then... Uh, what I would say, kinda, I mean... I, di- I didn't get into Part of the reason why I just said yes there is the fact that Lukaku's now officially gone. If you look at United's yeah. form when um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer first took over uh, in January time and he obviously had that amazing run, Lukaku wasn't playing. United looked quick. They looked efficient. They had Martial, Lingard and um, uh, Rashford, obviously, running the show pretty much. All of a sudden, for some reason, he put Lukaku back in the team and they looked the same slow, ponderous side that they looked under Mourinho. So I think with Lukaku going, I think Rashford could well be a, a very interesting player to watch um, if United contain the, the form. Lukaku, speaking of, is up 20p to 167. I just think that's madness. Uh, I'm sorry for any I Lukaku I don't, I don't know where that yeah, rises yeah, came from. I'm sorry yeah. for any Lukaku holders, but I, I just cannot see the value in Lukaku now. I mean, it's, he's going to be forgotten about pretty much in the press. Um, you're buying a pure IBD player. He's awful for PB. Serie A, Inter, Conte, not exactly renowned for goals, are they? They're not going to be winning matches 4-3 or 3-2. It's going to be much more along the lines of 1-0 or 2-1s. And although I fancy Inter yeah. too well uh, under Conte, I certainly wouldn't be buying Lukaku there. Kai Havertz is up to four oh eight. A little bit biased here, but um, yes, uh, even though he's gone, had a had a massive rise recent. I think he is a is a solid solid player, and you are buying quality. So yes. Um, Sadio Mane, there's only a couple left. People are getting bored of this, but I want to get through that. <laughs> the rise is over ten percent. There's only three or four left. Sadio Mane, that's obviously due to his brace last night. Uh, two ninety one. He had a links the other day. I saw to Real Madrid. Um, I don't think that will come off. There's no way Liverpool will sell him, especially at the start of the season. Two ninety one. Yeah. I think he's priced about right. Uh, I wouldn't buy him, uh, but if I held him, I wouldn't be inclined to sell. So no, about right for me. It's kind of what I find is such a strange one about Mane is like he's such a high achiever at Liverpool. Like he really is a cracking player. Now I know he doesn't quite hit the number Salah does, but like neither of them. They're both from African nations. They're both exciting, attacking, fast, high-scoring players. Yet Salah just dominates them when it comes to media and, yeah, and everything else. I, I, I mean, like, rightfully so due to Salah's season that he had two years yeah. ago where he had that amazing season. But for me, Manny was uh, one of Liverpool's, certainly Liverpool's the best attacking player uh, last season. I, I, I think you're right. He, he didn't get enough praise for the job he did and, and likewise Firmino I mean you only had to watch the last night's match to, yeah. to see the difference that Firmino makes off the ball rather than on the ball like his sheer work rate is unbelievable as I said I'm a Norwich fan I'm not a Liverpool fan but uh, I've a lot of time for Firmino because the Liverpool can't play that game plan without Firmino and so the likes of him and Manny unfortunately um, almost get forgotten about at times because of Salah but you have yeah. to take that into account when you're buying the player you're not buying the player because they're good in real life or what they're doing you have to think what the masses will do and for me that's why at £2.91 money's money's said to be priced yeah um, Firmino is a cracking player and he really does bring the best out of those around him I think the only thing better than his than his, um, his football is probably his teeth they're ridiculous <laughs> well I, I think you have to thank the Liverpool dentist I read an article the other day that he did Manets and Klops and all sorts of players <laughs> he, he's certainly on a commission base at Liverpool Klops the same actually as well isn't he Jesus Klops teeth are hilarious but, um, yeah, well, they, they 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 literally all went to the same same um, dentist. 
Um, <laughs> I read an article three, four months about it. So yeah, that's your answer on that one. Um, let me see. Tiago Alcantara, two, 246. He's a bit of a PB monster, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, he's obviously rising on the back of two things. One, that PB is coming back into fashion now the games are starting. And secondly, because obviously Bayern have their uh, game up on Friday night uh, for the single game day. And obviously a lot of talk that, that he'll take that. Um, how much that Tolisso, now Tolisso's back, will take from him? Who knows? Um, yeah, time will tell. But, but certainly Alcantara and, and Kimmich are, are rightly renowned as PB monsters at, at Bayern Munich. And that also probably is the exact same reason Leon Goretzka's up. Uh, he's not quite the same PB monster, but the whole the same reasons with the game and everything. Um, he's up the one. Yeah, I, I think you have to have to be careful on Goretzka due to the fact that the Talisa is now back and presumably will take his spot. He's obviously risen on the back of last season when he had that purple patch, didn't he? He had those two three matches where he just couldn't just got to stop scoring. Basically, he went up eighty ninety p. But I would be wary if you own Goretzka. Um, if you do own him, I would own Talisa at the same time that. Should one not play, you have the other one that does. Yeah. Um, very good. Well, look, that's, we've rattled through them. Uh, took about 10 minutes. But I suppose, speaking of risers, um, just you know, it, hopefully it's not the last time it happens. Uh, hopefully your podcast comes back. But do you have a prospect player in mind? Prospect player? Oh, you put me on the spot here. Um, I would suffer. If, if, if I give you one out on the spot, it's going to be one person in my portfolio because obviously I, I, I've bought them then. Um, pump away pump away everyone we're about to pump yeah. skip this if you don't want if you want to line our pockets with cash please buy who we're about to tell you to buy They're the best thing ever they're going to be the best in the world um, um a, a player who i've liked in pre-season uh, he's an ibd player he, he wouldn't be a long-term hold but he's uh At- atalanta uh louis muriel uh the yeah. Colombian striker Suffered at Seville last year, didn't get a look in at all, so he wasn't in trade his mind. He went on loan to Fiorentina at the back end of last year, scored a few goals, looked a lot more lively, so obviously knows the league now at Syria. He's looked very, very good in pre-season. Um, Atalanta actually played my team Norwich, um, so I actually went to see the match at Road, and Atalanta won the match 4-1. We were awful, but Atalanta looked really, really impressive for me. Um, Obviously, people are aware of uh, Gomez, Alejandro Gomez, the PB um, monster there, and Zapata up front. But it's Muriel for me that offers the value. He has gone up recently in the last week or so. He's now at 67p, uh, but he's only got a 2p spread on him. So if it all ends terribly, you, you're not going to lose a lot there. What age is he? Uh, Muriel, I think he's 28. So let me just um, confirm that. Um, yeah, 28. 16th of April, 1991. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Atlanta obviously qualified for the Champions League this year, so you've got that benefit. Um, so yeah, at, at the risk of wanting to avoid a pump, it's it's Louis Mariel. If you were to push me to for a name on the spot, there you go, lads. There's a prospect player for you. And the question I have in the prospect player, tell me this, right? Speaking of pumping and stuff, um, on this podcast, I've kind of made it very clear we'll be talking about players and if you want to buy them, buy them. If you don't, don't. Like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not pumping anyone. I have multiple guests on from different backgrounds. Everyone's going to get a fair pump at some stage. Mm. Did you ever make any substantial money from the prospect player? Like, is it, like, did you see a spike in the price once the podcast was released? Because I'm assuming if you if they were your prospect player, you obviously, they were your prospect player for a reason. So you probably had them. Would you um, have noticed any sort of increase off the back of the podcast? 
Not that uh, there's anything wrong with that, in my no, opinion. No, 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 no. no. Uh, to be tough, perfectly honest, um, I probably owned around 20% of the prospect players. I, I, do yeah. all, I do all this research. I, I just say why they were such a good buy, then I wouldn't buy them myself. I wouldn't have them in my book myself. <laughs> um, I, I posted a table on June the 26th uh, on my Twitter page for anyone that wants to have a look at this. And because I, d- I didn't monitor the players, is the honest answer as, as to whether they got a rise or not. I, I don't think they would have. Um, purely based on being mentioned on the podcast. But looking at the name, I've got the list uh, of the names in front of me now. And 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 13. 11 out of 13 players rise in price. Uh, the best one was the one I talked about earlier, actually, Danny Savalius, who rose 67%. So at the time of being the prospect player, he was 94p. And then on June the 26th, when I analysed the players, he was £1.57. Uh, the only two players that went down was Niang, a uh, player at Rene, and Iazabal, uh, who who's a winger for Real Sociedad, who was another who another team I expect to go to do, do well incidentally, actually. I think Real Sociedad with Odegaard and Iazabal and Porto will have a cracking season. Yeah, very exciting players. Um, a lot of hype around Iazabal, isn't there? Yes, and rightfully so as well. I, I think he'll be a player that goes on to make uh, a name for himself at, uh, at the Euros the senior Euros for Spain uh, next year and we've got a big move on the back of it. Uh, I'm almost sure on that. Um, but certainly, yeah, looking at analysis of the players, 11 out of 13 rose in price. The big mover was Sabalia, 67%. Uh, Mason Mount, he was £1.79 at the time of recording. He was £2.14 analysis and now he's £2.17. So, um, yeah, that's unreal. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which, sorry, I'm a bit distant here. I'm just in the background buying about 1,500 years in advance of one day. Um, <laughs> no, I'm only joking, but um, yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to have a look into him. I feel like a dick now because, like, if I do buy him, I feel like I'm I'm abusing my power. But um, no, I, that's just... I think at the end of the day, I mean, the, the whole reason these prospect players. Are, well, I list out the prospect players that I analysed. So they were Sergio Nabry, uh, Yazabal, Sabalias, Phil Foden, Odegaard, Mayoral, Madison. Uh, Ronaldo and Mason Mount. So, I mean, the, the reason they were both players were on their prospect because they had things going for them in the first place, and and hence why people would buy them. It, I mean, it's, it's not like you're you're saying buy Walter Endo or or yeah, yeah Ibrahimovic yeah. or it's, something. <laughs> yeah, depending on the spur of the moment, but it's it's that's the thing. People, I think there's a there's a real it's one of those hot topics on social media, which is such a toxic place anyway. The do you know, like, there's a, there's a huge difference between pumping and dumping and talking about what you want to buy and why you want to buy it. I mean, like, we're all here, we're all trading, we're all buying players. And if we're not going to talk about the players we're buying, what the fuck are we going to talk about? Do you know what I mean? If you can't post on your Twitter and say, here, lads, I've just bought him, I think he's class. I think that where it becomes complicated is for beginners coming on and they just take everyone at face value and trust everyone when there's really, really dodgy accounts out there who are going to tell you to buy Ibrahimovic or I think, other players who have no prospects going forward. I think what is really important is to try and get to know that trader through whatever platform or social media platform that they're, they're advertising these players, so to speak. Get to know what they're like as a trader. Look at their other information, not just the players they're mentioning. Is the other stuff they're saying about, is that true? Is it good information? And don't just buy the player on the first time you've, you've seen that account. Look at their activity and... and Certainly, hope, hopefully people realise that listening to my podcast over the last few months, know that I'm not just going to give a random name and not give reasons as to why I think that player is good value. And as I just said, I actually only around about 20% of the players that I feature on the prospect, I actually have myself. So 
And at the end of the day, it, it's down to that individual trader to to buy that player. And no one's no one's put the 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 gun to their head saying you must buy this player. And and if they're foolish enough to buy a player that someone's just pumped, then you only learn the hard way, don't you? Ultimately, yeah. I think a big thing for me is if I was ever to mention a player, I genuinely if I if I know someone's going to rise, I don't really want to tell people because I don't want his price to go up too much. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to talk to a player, you don't want to talk to him before you import them. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, but the other thing is, like, the only time I really ever put them out there on Twitter or anything is when I'm genuinely unsure and I'm kind of like, mm. lads, am I missing something? Um, this is my thought process. Like, if it, and if it costs me a few pence because someone clocks what I've said and they go for him, I mean, so be it. Um, like, I seen someone post like Mark Albrighton on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, about a week ago and I was kind of I looked at it and I looked at him he was like 26p and I looked at him I was like he's been starting in pre-season he's got a couple of goals or whatever or assists I can't remember and I was like this makes a lot of fucking sense and uh, I sort of put it up before buying him kind of on Twitter like lads am I missing something here Mark Albrighton da 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 he's probably going to be starting whatever and a few people came back to me and some people mentioned the signing of your man Pratt yeah and stuff but i bought him anyway didn't buy much bought a few hundred of them and uh because he was only 25p that wasn't that much yeah and he rose to about 34p and as soon as leicester squad came out with him not on it the other day i just ditched him instant sold the spread was like 2p or something Mm. and i made money out of it but like i kind of put it out there as like a feeler just like lads is there something really obvious i'm missing i think that's the really important thing to do Always question any trade. Like as as much as as tempting is when you when you've got to keep that cash balance, isn't it? I think a lot of people yeah. people find it very very hard, myself included, at the time to keep that cash balance. But it's so so important to do that. But when you buy a player, question what is a negative, even if you think it's it's, it's a, a, a nigh on certainty that he's a good player. Even like someone like Kai Vats, for example, look at the negatives and think, okay, why might I not want to buy this player? And what I touched upon right at the start of this uh, of this show of, of having those three four traders that have got a completely different strategy to you, ask them what they think about the player. Why might they not buy the player? And I think that will really help give you a balanced uh, opinion on that player. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, there's a couple other things just to talk about before we go. Um, one thing that I this is nothing to do with you, but I just want to chat to you about it and see your opinion. Sure. I kind of threw my toys out of the pram a little bit on uh, Twitter last night. Was it the night before? Can't remember. Too many ice creams, um, was it? <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. Um, he drove away and uh, I didn't get out in time. <laughs> You're running out in the old socks because you can't find your shoes job to get your, your, your cone. But anyway, the the giveaway here. Now, they, you know the whole five prizes of a thousand and a bunch of shirts and stuff? Yeah, I checked my account this morning. I didn't win, unfortunately. Yeah, no, neither did I. But this is the, this is the thing, right? right? I didn't have a chance to win because I live in Ireland. And I kind of put up, someone posted this and I just sort of retweeted it with the comment. Like, I hadn't looked into it at all. I said, like, lads, I have no idea where this screenshot this guy sent is from, but is this true? Like, is this only open to the UK? And uh, it turns out it is. It's, it's not even open to Northern Ireland. It's only, only I suppose, England, Scotland and Wales. She best to the laws, is it? It is, right? Now, it wasn't that I was, to be fair now, I kind of came at it out of the blocks a bit kind of, fucking football index it's a disgrace do you know what i mean like at the end of the day like everyone's a customer blah, 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 blah. and then whenever someone came back to me i was just after rugby training i was fucking wrecked and i just <laughs> seen it i was a bit a bit annoyed and sort of posted that and when people come back to me with the laws and i'm like that's fair but i mean in my opinion i think if like the laws are different i know northern ireland that's where i'm from is an absolute fucking disgrace you can't even play a game of poker 
um, and organized poker. You can't gamble that way. It, it's not you're not allowed to do it unless I think there's a substantial donation to charity or some bullshit oh, okay. like this. It's it's proper backward. Um, and Ireland's probably Ireland's much better, but I'm sure there's still some funny laws. Mm. I just think like it's such. I mean, at the end of the day, Ireland is another territory that you have a lot of users from. And I think if you're if you're going to do these giveaways and exclude them due to laws, that's fair. I mean, you could surely do a different sort of giveaway or where it doesn't involve you having to buy the 10 and you get only win football shirts. I don't know, just something, a wee sweetener, because I feel a wee bit like, and it's not just me. I thought I was throwing the toys out of the pram. I've had like 10 or 15 mm. Irish users write to me being like, have you heard anything about this? This is bullshit. You're angry people. And I'm kind of like, I know it's not that big a deal. And I know it's probably one of those, like it's one in thousands. The chances of it are so slim. It's not the actual prize. It's more the principle. And I think maybe I sound like a dickhead. And I want to hear like from your perspective as someone, you're obviously English, aren't you? Yeah. Um, what, like, do you think it's fair or do you think like they should do something for other territories? I mean, it wouldn't be fair. Imagine they had Sweden or America or something. You can be damn sure they'd be doing something yeah, over there. Yeah. I think it all boils down to communication and Although I love the product, I think Football Index has got a lot going for it. It's certainly the one area that it does need to massively, massively improve upon is communications. Um, yeah. it's Obviously, we've had the issue of the IPOs uh, and whether a new website be ready in a new time. And we've had um, some trades not working fully and, and whatnot. But it's the communication. I, I think uh, you might be able to tell me this. When they started the promotion, did they put anything up saying... So along the lines of uh, this promotion is not available to traders in the Republic of Ireland or Northern Ireland or anything like that or not? I think it's in the T's and C's in the small print. In the small um, print, okay. No, so I didn't really look into it, but I mean, I'm, I'm opening my email here and it says, like this is an email, John, let's celebrate our biggest opening weekend yet. The whole lovely graphics at the top doesn't say anything. Hi, we're live, football season's underway, blah, 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 bunch of shite. 25 prize winners, shirts this. Buy these shares, like how to enter, buy, enter, 25 winners. For more information on full TNCs, please click here. And that's it. It doesn't say anything okay, else on the email. So, about so nothing it. in the main body of the text then? So At all. It's in the small print. like Yeah, yeah but you're not going to read that, are you? Uh, to, no, to avoid no the exact does. scenario that you've had, and I can completely understand why why you, you feel miffed about the whole process. They should make that very, very clear that it's not open to, to so-and-so regions and then give the reason why. And it's obviously not because they don't want to pay £5,000 to the traders in Northern Ireland or Republic of Ireland or whatnot, but but purely because they can't, because the gambling laws, and that's obviously nothing they can control in their end. Yeah. But they need to make sure that's visible and the reason as to why that's visible. So they avoid this negative feedback. You want to try and avoid negative feedback as much as humanly possible for any any business, especially one that's growing so rapidly. Um, oh, I lied to you. Oh. I've just seen. Sorry, it's right at the top. Now, in fairness, it is still in small print, but it says new season prize drop, and then in a very small blue writing, star minimum buy ten shares between this, this, da 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 twenty five winners run GB only NI excluded. It's still it is a, it is a small print, but it's still in small. I mean, they it still did say it. give it a reason as to why, does it? No, no. And I, 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 um, I think if if you explain the the reason why to traders, um, <laughs> to use my teacher analogy. Nine times out of ten, to a student, if, if they're if you've had to tell them off or whatever, if you explain the reason why to them privately, as to why their behaviour is wrong, or in your cases, as to why they can't offer you the prize, 
they'll take that on board and they'll be fine with that. It, but you have to explain that before before the whole event takes place. Otherwise, you do get the negative reaction and rightly so. Um, so yeah, I can certainly see why why you'd be annoyed at it, and other traders would be as well. Uh, and like I said, communication needs to be improved, definitely. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm sick of it. Like it's like lads, I'm sure someone from Football Index, someone probably might listen to this podcast. Maybe I don't know, um, but like I am, I love the product so much, and I have so much faith in it. I really do. I mean, I've have a fucking podcast about it. I love it that much. But I'm sick and tired of my one sort of gripe being like their communications. It is literally, I've, I've ranted about it on multiple podcasts because it's just so poor. Do you know, it really is. And it, it, is. it isn't, yeah. the, it's it's the principle. If they'd come out and just said, and maybe it, they just overlooked it and didn't think it would piss people off. Maybe they're like, oh, it's laws, they'll get it. But if you just made a little post or something, um, and like, look, to our Irish users, we're so sorry, but we can't include you because of yeah. uh, your gambling it's regulations or whatever. It's a real shame, but to make up for it, we're going to give five people from Ireland and the Northern Ireland a fucking T-shirt or a goodie bag. Mm. It would cost them next to nothing, and it would just keep people sweet. It's really not that hard. But yeah, I, I th- just wanted I think, to discuss the topic, I suppose. No, I think when it reaches to the point where people like myself and yourself are avid free promotion at the end of the day that Football Index is getting, if avid supporters like ourselves are getting irritated or annoyed at something like communications you know that those people that are semi-interested or wondering why they should be interested, they're going to be reading stuff like that and think, yeah, no, I won't bother them. And, and it's so, so key that they get that sorted out as soon as possible. Yeah. But um, yeah, just closing on that. I love these lads. I love the product. Please just talk to us a bit more. I've said it before, take the Paddy Parr model and have a bit of crack and be very open with your customers and they'll respect you for it. This kind of smoke and mirrors and not really being upfront. And I just picture them all sitting around a round table discussing like, lads, how are we going to deal with this? And them having a meeting for eight hours and not coming out the end with something to say when a simple tweet, just being brutally honest, would do it. That's just my head. I I think on a, Um, to try and take a positive from from the communications, I think the the semi-recent Q&A that Adam Cole did on Twitter a yeah. few months back. I thought that was really, really positive. Uh, just, again, it connects the business side to to the punters and it, it gives the opportunity for for them to, to communicate with the users and, and stuff like that. I think traders really, really appreciate. And, and even if they were to do it on a, I don't know, a, a biannual basis or a quarterly basis or something like that, I think that would be really, really worth their time. Absolutely. I can't agree more. Um, but we move on quickly. We'll try and wrap this up in the next five minutes or so. Um, we have a couple of questions. Um, we've covered the, the, the reason there's so few as well is because we've literally covered them all. Um, but <laughs> Football Index Addict at Coco Bed 2. Thanks. This guy keeps asking me questions. So thank you. Um, it's not the, the Football Index Addict that was on. It's a different one. And I keep saying that. <laughs> um, but what's your opinion regarding, regarding order books? Order books. Good and bad side of it. Good and bad. Um, so my opinion regarding order books is only really positive, to be honest. The one negative, perhaps, is the initial complexity uh, upon viewing. It might cause those traders that have never really used them or come across them before. Uh, but that's much the same way as anything. You experience something new or the first time you join Football Index as a platform, for example. After that initial period is over, you start to see the, the benefits of the, of the whole thing. Uh, so that's the only really negative, I would say, about it. The benefit is huge. Uh, I mean, the, the main benefit order, order books provides is the transparency behind, behind the actual trades. You can see exactly where you are in the queue and the levels of support at that price, whether you're buying or selling. 
at the moment, for example, you're completely in the dark. And, and this is the worst thing for me at the platform. Let's use Neymar, for example. If I was to market list him now, I've got no idea how many people are in front of me in the queue. Uh, in the current system, it's a first first list, first sale system, which is, is right, um, given the current technology. But with the order books, you can both visually see in graph format as well as the actual table format exactly where you lie. And it also adds a, another skill, element, I think, to it as well. Because you can see the buy and sell rules, and although it might sound complicated to somebody who's never seen an order book before, the basic principles are quite quick to pick up, I think, in my opinion. And uh, let's say I bought Lo Celso before he moved to Spurs at £1.50, uh, but I didn't want to keep him long term. Uh, and people might see the sell point at a nice integer value or a whole number value of, of say, £2. So at the moment, under the current system, I'd look to sell, sell him at £1.96 to make sure I'd, I'd sell the player. Now, with order books, I wouldn't have to predict that that figure because I could see exactly with the order books. I could see the walls. I could see the, the volume of support, be it buy or sell. And I could sell much more uh, at a smaller margin. So at one ninety nine, for example, if the if the sell wall was at £2. And hence, I'd be making more profit over time. So I, I think once people get used to them, and, and if, you've, if you've never heard of order books or you've, you've not seen them before, recommend Fig's video. He did a, a very good video uh, a few months back and on YouTube, just type in order books, football index, uh, or go on sites like Avistapedia, anything like that, just to get yourself a heads up on it before they actually bought in. But yeah, order books, they're add 10 times value to the platform. Absolutely. I, I love it. I, do you know what? Like, I'm going to digress again here. I always say fucking absolutely, and I can't stop saying it. It's just my like kind of go to agree with. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I, I, I had that recently. problem with, with the word certainly. I think I said the word certainly on my podcast. Yeah, Do you really start critiquing yourself when you listen back to yourself. Me and my girlfriend were driving up to Dublin, and I was sitting there, and we were listening to the podcast when I released it like last week. And she was taking a piss with me. I say absolutely every like minute. And then I like made a post kind of taking up with a joke and saying, look, if you want to get absolutely shit faced, the, the high white <laughs> drinking game, anytime I say absolutely drink a sip. But um, Jesus, I need, I need to work on it. Um, but yeah, about order books, I think they're great. I remember them from cryptocurrency. And mm. um, what I loved about them was like, do you know whenever you, you can kind of just put your price up, what you're happy to sell at, and you're not kind of playing that waiting game or whatever. If you want to undercut the current like, lowest seller yeah you can do that it just gives you so much more information and more information by and large is never freedom in the market so yeah yeah it's it's uh, it's just it's almost one of my biggest bugbearers on the platform at the moment is the fact you're so in the dark you've literally got no idea where you are when you market list a player you've you've no idea whether you're the next person or or the 300th person in the queue and 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 that has a big decision on on whether whether you want to market sell that player or not yeah, um, absolutely. So yeah, I personally can't wait until until they're bought in, and hopefully it won't be too soon. Yeah, definitely. Um, I said definitely. I said absolutely. Jesus Christ, I'm really <laughs> overthinking it now. We need to move on. Um, one last question, I suppose, and we'll we'll wrap it up. Dan Jackknife said it was a shame to see you end the show. Is it okay to share with us your reason, which you've already done? Um, and the second one was please give a mystery player this week. He he. So, <laughs> do, you, do you have a mystery player for us? We sort of discussed we might do it a slightly different format yeah um it's interesting just just before we do it's interesting that uh dan liked the mystery player that was one, one feedback i asked him that's one text in your show that people said I, of, I often skip the mystery player um so there are one or two mystery fans out there i, I was one of the people who yeah, gave the which feedback is, which is great feedback um to have so. because 
I know myself, like just when I listened to your show, I used to just skip forward 30 seconds. Yeah, and, and a lot of um, other people were saying the same. So if the show was to return in the future, certainly it wouldn't, it wouldn't include the mystery player. But but for, for one more time, Dan, yeah, we can make a mystery player for you. Oh, hey, um, <laughs> do you want me to get like, do you know, oh, do you know what I was thinking I could do? But no, I'm not going to do it because I'll sound like a fool. I was going to try and do your intro tune. You're like, da, 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 da. And then you can come in and talk like a crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think our format, we're going to do it this week's a little bit different, but I, I was kind of thinking that in bed last night, thinking that'd be fucking hilarious. But I, um, I think the website that I used, the robot website I used, her name was Amberly or something. So I try and be the, the, the best American Amberly voice that I can do, should I? Do your best Amberly voice, yeah. <laughs> like, so what, what way do you want to do it then? Uh, what, what I'll do, I'll start off with a few facts. I'll, I'll change it a little bit. I'll start off with a few facts, and I'll give you a guess per fact. And okay. I'm going to put you on the spot now. It's my turn to I'm be I'm going to make and, an absolute yeah. tool of myself. Right <laughs> I'm going to make it really, really hard for you. <laughs> um, right. But no, we'll, we'll play along. Those listeners listening, if, if they listen to this, they can play along and stop it as well and see, see if they can get it before you. And let me know when you got it, <laughs> if <laughs> yeah. you beat me. Um, all right, let's go for it. Position forward. Oh, I got a guess. Position forward. You have to make a guess every single clip. Okay. Uh, you are Felix. Incorrect. Oh, TB, 7P, MB, 0. MB, 0? But he got a few PB. Hmm. Okay. Um, let me think about this. No MB. I'm probably taking too long. These probably need to be pretty snappy guesses. Take your time. Would he have got some? No, he wouldn't have. I'm going to guess. No, MB. Gee, this is actually really tough. Do you know, with so few clues, I'm probably overthinking it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I'll give you some PB scores. His top three PB scores last season were 192, 210, and 221. And he won with, well, 221, that makes sense. Uh, okay, I'm going to guess Griezmann. I could guess that. Uh, incorrect. Fuck. His price at the start of last year, so last August, was 79p. Okay. His current price, and no cheating here, okay. his current price is £2.01. Okay. £2.01. Who's in that sort of bracket? He plays in the Bundesliga. Oh, God. okay. Bundesliga. Right. Okay. You give me too much. Uh... Werner, Timo Werner. Timo Werner's a great shout. It's not him, though. It's not him. Oh, <laughs> Gee, I was thinking, like, who's not going to get the MV, but who would have got a few? Right, is there another clue, or do I get another guess? Yeah, you get one more clue. One more clue, okay. He's only ever played for one club, Fusbar. Uh In that club, he made 164 appearances and scored 33 goals. Oh, geez, that, that really gives it away for me, doesn't it? Um, it doesn't actually. Uh, let me think about this. I gotta try <laughs> and make it sound like Timo Warner forward. He'll be playing in the Champions League this year. Oh, I think that changes things a little bit. I've got like two, three players in my head. I'm gonna go with Julian Brandt. Oh, he's nailed it! Absolutely nailed it! Yes. Get it. Yes. On the last Fantastic. guess, <laughs> Jesus, just tougher than I thought it That's would be. Tough, isn't it? it is very tough. Yeah, yeah on, the, on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> look, I got it. I'm sure a few people got it before me, but um, yeah, look, there we go. You didn't put on the voice, like, but I'll forgive you that one. Oh, I forgot to put on the voice, <laughs> didn't I? Oh, sorry. Uh, but look, I think we probably yeah. wrap it up there. Um, 
yeah, is there anything else you want to say or do you want to tell people where they can find you or, or a closing comment? Yeah, sure. So um, so you can find my website at tradingbearpodcast.com. I'm on Index Gain uh, at Trading Bear and you can find me on Twitter and at Trading Bear 1. Uh, as I said in the show, the show may, my own show that is, may be beginning and uh, starting in the future. If it doesn't, I will still be very active on, on Index Gain and Twitter. So yeah, by all means, feel free to ask questions on there. Brilliant. And I suppose what I said, everyone is really just go and pester him and put a bit of peer pressure on to get him <laughs> to keep the show because I really enjoyed my drives to work. Um, and I think it's a great asset for the community to have. And if you end up not doing it, someone else is probably going to pop up and try it. Um, but it won't be the same. Um, Thank you. Very much appreciate it. But other than that, just look, thanks for all your time. And another quick thanks to my sponsor, the Ice Cream Man uh, from Luigi Ices. <laughs> uh, he better fucking sponsor me after all the shout outs he's got in the show. But um, yeah, I suppose we leave it there. And uh, look, thanks again. We'll chat soon. My pleasure, Irish. Thank you very much. And best of luck. You right. Doing great Cheers. Time. Appreciate it. Bye bye.